Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. Sup. Also joining me this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms. Hey guys, Bobby, you put a little more stank on that welcome today. I liked it. You know what? You deserve it, buddy. All right. You deserve it. Mark deserves it. Because today's a good day. Today's a good day. it truly is, and also because of just the amazing days that we have today. Strap in, boys. Strap it on, boys. Uh, na- it, happy International Kachaka Day. What's a Kachaka? Anyone know? Mm, Spell nope. it. Uh, C-A-C-H-A-C-A. Uh, it's a... Oh, there's a name for the. Oh, um, I've had. I had this fucking thing. This is the Brazilian. It looks thing. like some sort of liquor. Yeah, I've had this. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, uh, there's another pronunciation that. for it. Yeah, it's a Brazilian thing. Okay. Um, All right. So besides yeah. that, we have International Falafel Day, National Peanut Butter Cookie Day. One of my favorite cookies at Subway, by the way. Uh, hey, this Mike, one's real for quick. you, Bobby. Is anybody else? Yeah. Get, is anybody else getting the dosi dos from the Girl Scouts, or is it just me? That is the peanut butter. No, those are good too. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty no. much an Oreo with peanut butter in it. I I, I avoid the Girl Scouts. I I feel bad, but what did they like rob you up. one day or something? What do you mean you no, avoid? Them? This is the pressure. I'm not I'm not looking to buy Girl Scout cookies, and they're at the exit, you know. But, so but my dude, you know, I, you, you you work with me, so you know I like to buy the Girl Scout cookies, and I'll bring them into the office and stuff. So sure. I did that. I bought the Girl Scout cookies, and then I remembered, nah, man, our office we're trying to eat real clean these days, right? So I'm like, can't bring yeah. them in. So I just had these cookies then, and then I just gave them to my girlfriend for her to give to her nieces. But I'm like, oh, there you go. The girl scouts got me. <laughs> I was very disappointed earlier this year because I was actually going to buy Girl Scout cookies because my girlfriend had been volunteering with them for, I think, the last two or three years. Oh, that's nice. So, and I was going to get them without that exorbitant delivery fee. That's like six <laughs> okay. fucking bucks. I was like, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, she decided to, to stop volunteering and... Then you know the the pipeline for for cookies kind of went away. So, they are just outside the supermarket for you guys. Uh, no. Oh, that's yeah, how they do it. I avoid that's them. how they get us. <laughs> they're out there, literally standing outside the supermarket. You got to choose your exit, and like, will I be tempted by these? You know, by these cookies or not? You know, will I feel bad when a little girl comes up to me and says, "Hi, we're selling Girl Scout cookies," and then you're the biggest asshole ever when you say no. Thank you, you just walk right by like she's a bum on Thirty Fourth Street. I mean, that, I wouldn't use those words exactly, but Mark, that's exactly what's happening. Would, would you say? I mean, yeah, I, I nicely say like, oh, thank you, but no, thank you, or something along those you lines. You can't say you I don't that. have cash because these girls take Venmo. You know, oh, yeah. they take <laughs> Zelle. Yeah. Some of them have a card, right? They have a, a card yeah, reader. I got a chip reader card. right here, baby. Oh, <laughs> they, take, they take Apple Pay. They take Google Pay. These people are organized now, Mike. Let me tell you, it's dangerous. Well, uh, two more for you guys. This one's right up your alley, Bobby. I wish you specifically a happy National Jerky Day. Oh, I know yeah. how much you love your desiccated meats. 
And I don't think desiccated is the word, the right word there. Isn't it? Isn't that doesn't it just mean dry? Dehydrated. Hey, okay, all right, whatever. You know, isn't a corpse that's like super old desiccated because it's dry? I mean, I feel that's a real harsh way to describe. You know, I think there's food. more to it than just it being dried yeah. out. It's like I mean, jerky is literally dead meat. I mean, isn't every meat dead meat? I mean, not if it's on something living. Oh, there was an opportunity there, but we're not that type of podcast for you to go with something off of the dead meat. Isn't everything dead meat joke? I'm just uh, saying, Mike, you just didn't step on it one, at all. <laughs> wonderful tran- transition. So an actually more, uh, so an actually little serious day today. Um, happy uh, 56th anniversary of Loving V Virginia. Um, for those of you that didn't go to law school, uh, Loving v. Virginia was the civil civil rights case um, that banned uh, laws which uh, banned interracial marriage. So there you are. Badass. There we go. Yeah, we didn't get to mention it last week, but because uh, it was day after the podcast. But last Tuesday was the seventy ninth anniversary of D Day. Which, if you're an American and you don't know what I just what when I said D Day, you said what are you talking about? Feel I mean, if you're not an American, actually. If you're oh, in any part of the world, yeah, yeah. For, if you're in Western yeah, Europe, really, or, you know, Russia, really, pretty much everywhere, you might want to know where what D-Day was. Just Yeah, D-Day is pretty important yeah. to the world. Yeah. yeah. Almost as if it was part of a war. The entire yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a lot going on, though. Um, all right, we're going to talk about this podcast. We're going to be talking about UFC 289 from the shoddily built... Rogers Arena, who definitely, I don't know what the Canadian version of OSHA is, but I don't know if uh, it's going to pass over there. Um, it's OSHA. Oh, well done, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about UFC 289, where we had Amanda Nunes just beat Irina Aldana from pillar to post for 25 minutes. And Irina Aldana just really didn't do a lot for the first 15 to 18 minutes. And even then... It wasn't going that well at that point anyway. Uh, we're going to talk about a man who apparently should run for uh, prime minister up there, Charles Oliveira. Um, man's apparently a god in Canada. And uh, I like when Charles Oliveira just decides in a fight where he's not necessarily, he's not really winning. You know, it wasn't necessarily going that great up until that point where he decides, okay, well, I'm just going to do some shit that's going to make me win this fight right now or just put me in a terrible position. So fuck it. Um, he took care of business. We're going to talk about Mike Malott and whether he's a real thing we need to care about. Um, and then other stuff happened on this very thin card, um, which, quite frankly, all the fighters, uh, I think, generally over-delivered, um, not counting the main event. But um, we got some history to talk about in the main event here, Marcus, because uh, Amanda Nunes retired at the end of it. Uh, something our podcast, mm-hmm. I'd say we were the first ones to call it because we've been calling Amanda Nunes retiring at the end of a fight for Maybe two years, I think. Ballpark, we've been saying this. But uh, before <laughs> sure. we get into that, if you're Mark, just shotgun blast, yeah. it's kind of tough to say. Like, oh, we really Look, if you bet $5 on seven every time at the roulette table, eventually, law sure. of large Cash numbers out. says you eventually hit. Marcus, when you first talk about uh, what happened in this fight um, in what looked like sparring practice for at least the first 10 to 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of avenues this fight could have taken place. I think there's a lot of ways Amanda could have performed even better on a, on a really good performance um, because I think the ground game was really ripe for the taking. Um, she was able to get 
Irene down early and often. Um, later in the round, it did seem like Irene's takedown defense got a little bit stronger, but this was mostly a stand-up fight and mostly on the outside where Amanda was able to really pick her shots and, and you know, slowly, you know, whittle away at, you know, Amanda's heart and, you know, I, I mean, uh, Aldana's, you know, heart and ability to be effective in that ring at all. Real quick, Mark, well, uh, speaking of you said the takedown thing, did did they invoke James Tony, Randy Couture, ankle pick? Or not, or no, they invoked, was it the Yoel, they invoked the Yoel Romero ankle pick from that old fight of his when they talked about that first takedown Amanda got where it looked like mm-hmm. she just kind of reached down and he went flying. Not a good mm-hmm. look if that's what they're comparing it to. Yeah, and I mean, it, what I found interesting in, in those, like, sh- Amanda just led her right back up, and I thought that would have been, you know, I, I mentioned it on the podcast last week, that would have been an avenue I think she would have really excelled at, is getting the fight to the ground and potentially doing a lot of damage there. And and she did, you know, later in the round, she, she kind of solidified herself um, to do a little bit more ground fighting. But early on in the fight, she definitely just seemed to want to stand up with Irene, which on paper seemed like the most dangerous avenue she could take. I think, you know, if you're giving Irene a shot here, she's a very good boxer. She's very defensively sound. She keeps her hands up. She can crack pretty hard and wasn't a lot of output in that first round. But, you know, Amanda did start getting a little too loose, uh, stuck in the pocket a little too long. And Irene did, um, yeah, Irene cracked her pretty good in the first. Um, but from there, you know, it, it kind of woke Amanda up. She's like, okay, well, I can't get too crazy in there. Let's be tactical. Let's pick our shots, you know, landing low kicks, landing, uh, you know, front kicks to the body, uh, a really tactical fight. And then, you know, I think throughout the fight, Amanda started doing a little bit more takedowns, you know, not even, you know, going down to her fully, but just throwing those takedowns, making Irene think about a lot of things. And I think when you look at the other side, Irene was either starstruck. She was overloaded, bad weight cut. She said it was a bad night. Like the stars were not aligning for her at all to have even a competitive shot. It looked like she froze a little bit, man, honestly, like, which is disappointing because I mean, we've always really enjoyed Irene's fights, fighting style. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we all kind of recognize the way she wins this fight is kind of the way that, like, Juliana won the fight, which is, like, you're going to have to get into this fucking fight with this girl and just, like, get in front of her mm-hmm. and start throwing hands. Yeah. Um, I was going to get Mike in here on this. Mike, you, what do you think, man? I really just – I was disappointed in – I mean, not that I thought Irene was going to win, but I thought we were going to see a fucking, like – we're going to see a brawl. Like, maybe not something crazy wild, but we're going to see, you know, some serious exchanges between these two women. Well, I think every so often – you find that this happens where someone gets in front of the truly bright lights for the first time. Um, maybe she had main, main evented uh, a fight night, perhaps. I highly doubt it. But this is the first time the spotlight truly was on Arena Aldana. Uh, fighting the, the greatest women's fighter that ever lived. Even though she talked big in like, the press conferences leading up to it, she said all the right things. I mean, who am I to say this, but once you actually get into the octagon and you're fighting for the title, sometimes some people can just get a deer in the headlights look to them. And it looked like that's what she had for, honestly, most of the fight. She had, like, one good shot in the first round, which, frankly, I think may have just been, I don't want to say luck, but... It felt um, like Amanda was just going to steep standing and throwing punches like she was hitting a heavy bag. As well, because that was what was going on in the first round. Then until Irene hit her back, at least, like then it made her she, like take a step back. She she had a, a tentativeness to her throughout the whole fight that she just she hasn't displayed before. So it's it's a bit unfortunate. But 
one of the good things about the champ champ retiring at the end of this fight is she most likely with one fight is likely right back in there for for a title shot so it's it's not the end for irene aldana uh by no stretch of this imagination if anything this is just the beginning now with uh nunez retired yeah we all get into the uh the future of this weight class which there's some interesting ideas here on what we want them to do versus what they probably end up doing anyway mark back to you i mean i can't i tend to subscribe to what mike is saying i do think that like i just think she just showed up and it just the moment got on top of her a bit it felt like that way the career coaches were talking to her too where they're like kind of pleading with her to do something i thought yeah it kind of reminded me like i mean the worst example of this we were there for live where alexis davis was standing in the cage waiting for ronda rousey to come out remember they showed her on the camera and then you and me and steph was there too we're all just like not that we thought she was gonna win but we're like oh she looks terrified like mm-hmm. amanda came out and uh amanda when she was walking out i was like oh she looks like she's here to hurt somebody not that everybody needs to look like they're definitely going to do something, you know. But, like, sometimes you can tell this person's in for, like, they're, they're ready to, like, they're ready for this fight and some people don't. Uh, what do you, uh, aren't, what do you, uh, what do you think? You you know, you think it's more so just moment got to her or just bad strategy? Um, I mean, it, it is really hard to say. I, I do think there's any number of factors that could have played in. But I, I do think Amanda, while in the octagon, was she's always been very confident. I think in this fight, she was very confident and throughout the fight, you know, literally in the fight, she was smiling. Like she liked to be in there. She liked to engage. She likes, she loves combat sports, you know, and that's why, you know, she is, you know, the queen, you know, and I think now that she, and and more so to the point, what I kind of want to talk about more is like, I'm just really happy for Amanda Nunes. Like I remember watching her come up on strike force. And I remember, I think it was like her first fight. She had a nice, clean knockout and they were saying like oh you're gonna fight cyborg next and she was like no 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 like i'm not fighting so like i got this is a career i'm not just gonna you know blast my way to the top and try to make a name for myself immediately like this is gonna be a long jevity thing and it's just been so nice to see herself build knocked out julia bud in 14 seconds which by the yeah. way when that looks even better like 15 years later <laughs> right i mean it, it looked great then like yeah. it, she she came out of the gate like oh this is a real person that we have to you know take notice of but just to see her mature and then accomplish these things that she she was able to accomplish because it wasn't like you know she's not undefeated she's had some you know the the uh, loss against cat i think was pretty bad and then her last loss against pena i think hurt the credibility to a degree but again and i and we talk about it every year when we do you know our awards and stuff amanda has done something that no one else has done so far in the sport I do think maybe at some point we could see someone accomplish a similar feat. And I think, you know, Valentina Shlenko, who currently isn't a champion, could potentially do this where someone holds two belts at the same time and defends it. Because for me, that's the most badass thing I've seen in this sport. We've, We've had the double champions. We've had people go up a division. We have not had one person, one human being in this sport defend two divisions at this high level and and, and i know, know people are marking that's a good point people are going to mm-hmm. say oh well, one of those the featherweight division Absolutely. she defended she defended it twice she defended yeah. it, she won it and then defended it, it twice back-to-back fights she gave time for this division to try to catch up in the middle of this too other division and, and look i think that's a fair criticism you can obviously look at 145 and be like this division is not very deep they made it just for cyborg but like she still 
did it. Like, you know, I like it's sometimes the playing field isn't super fair and, you know, athletes could have an easy tournament. I mean, I, I remember like Overeem's tournament run in K1 wasn't like as bad as some of the other people, right? Like some things just align out well for a fighter, right? And you can kind of discredit maybe their accomplishments because maybe the field wasn't as competitive, but like it doesn't really give a damn you can only you can only was. fight who they put in front of you, you exactly There's, you can only fight who's in the division cyborg. what do you want to do? and cyborg was the boogeyman like that was the person like they were like we need to get the, this is the fight to make this is like the the head honcho and she demolished her and then you know she defended both those belts and i think that's the most badass thing and it's yeah. like look i mean let's go mark, let's someone go, else let's go through the resume market while we're talking about sure. this right because like I saw people being like, they weren't sort of like, oh, you know, last night solidified that she was the greatest women's fighter either. I'm like, last night? It was locked up for me. Let me tell you, she's number one, and number two might be the girl she beat twice. Like, it might be (laughs) Valentina, honestly. It might be, or it might be the woman she beat in 30 seconds, which is Cyborg. Or if you're crazy, you want to do it to the other woman she beat in 20 seconds. Because she beat everybody. I mean, we're going to get to the Bantamweight rankings to talk about who's next, but she beat all those women too. Mm-hmm. She beat everybody. She's on her resume, okay? Valentina Shevchenko twice, okay? Shayna Baszler. Sarah McMahon. Olymp- Shayna Baszler, by the way, means something. I know people now think she's just a wrestler. That meant something when she beat Shayna Baszler. Sure. Sarah mm-hmm. McMahon. Misha Goddamn Tate. Ronda Rousey. Chris Cyborg. Holly Holm. Jermaine Durandamy. Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson, Rocky Pennington, Juliana Pena, 50-43, Irene Aldana. Like, she beat Jermaine twice, I'm sorry. Beat her ass twice. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a win over Julia Budd in 14 seconds, as we mentioned. There, No one has held the Women's Bantamweight Championship or the Featherweight Championship that has not gotten, or gotten put down by Amanda Nunes. She right. beat every other champion. She beat a champion. She, I mean, she beat, a, I don't know, half the champions at... <laughs> Fucking flyweight. She beat everybody. Like, there's not even a yeah. question. She's not She's not only the greatest female fighter ever. I don't know what it's going to take for someone to beat her, to pass this, for, honestly. Sure. I mean, I, I, I do feel at some point in this sport, somebody will be able to overcome the things that she has. Just because, like, you know, we're constantly seeing evolution. But it's going to be tough. It, it, it's a huge task to, to, to defend two weight divisions. So... I mean, at the end of the day, and then so you factor in all the incredible things she's able to accomplish. And then I think you sprinkle in like just a pleasant personality, someone who has no guff. There's really been no heat or anything. It's just like she is, I think, a icon to the sport. You know, there's really there's no bad blood. There's no, you know, I don't know, bad behavior or anything like that. She I think you can really look at women's MMA and it's easy to look at like, oh, who's really a pioneer and who made who made a big splash? And Amanda Nunes maybe doesn't come to the top of the list, but she really should be that iconic. Where it's like not only for her accomplishments, but just how she carried herself in and out of the ring. So for her to to finally be able to lay down the belts and say like, you know, this is a career. And and, and okay. And then there's the other thing. Okay, you want to talk about combat sports and probably the most difficult aspect of this. And we'll see because you know the, the book's closed for now, but it often does get you know, epilogues and new chapters get written in. We'll see if Amanda does come back at some point. I kind of hope she doesn't because this is the toughest part now. Two when people have retire, done it, man. Two people have done it. Re- when you retire <laughs> and you stay retired, right, on top of the game, and that's absolutely what she did, right? I mean, we're seeing Habib do it. Um, and I wasn't even going some to Habib. Other 
I was saying GSP and because someone like someone who did it like her, like who had like eight defenses and said I'm going home, like something mm-hmm. like long term defense thing. I mean, yeah, Khabib did it too. It's hard, man. The list of people yeah. doing it in general. What who did it in boxing? Lennox Lewis. People talk about still did it in boxing. Like it's right. hard. Especially it's when hard, she was she's, she's 36? And it was yeah, it, but it was so smart because at this point there really wasn't much left out there for her to accomplish besides potentially jeopardizing her own legacy, right? Like it, what was the next fight that we're all talking about? Well, Maybe Valentina. Let's That's talk a tough about fight it. Fight for someone she already beat twice. Well, Mike, I mean Juliana Pena says Amanda Nunes retired because she's scared. One. Yeah, fuck Juliana Pena. Also, why the fuck are we talking about? Why are you bringing her up? In fairness, she was supposed to be in this fight, and she got hurt. Man, by the way, I was trying to run the math. Mark and I were talking about this earlier. So, like, how much money did Amanda, uh, Juliana Pena lose on Saturday? Like, because let's assume, first of all, there's no guarantee they give her a title shot. Just none. The concept that she was in this fight and now she's not doesn't mean shit, right, guys? Let's be honest about this company, right? She's still the number one contender, though. No one would care. Let's put it this way. They could skip her over. Nobody would care. She has no one in her corner. She has I, no leverage, okay? I, I do feel like that win over Amanda, even though, like, they ran it back and she got demolished, like, I think that has to carry no, some No, no, no. I'm, like, I'm not saying she doesn't uh, deserve it. I'm just saying they could right. not give it to her and nobody would give could, a fuck. Oh. It's the UFC. This they is do whatever like, that is. Not to, my, to, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, it's not like Juliana has some heat with Dana, so I don't think that would be. No, happening. but okay, let's assume. Let's okay, let's assume she even gets the shot. Do we think it's gonna make when she when they book her versus any of these other women? Do we think it's gonna draw a fraction? Even if like Amanda's not the biggest pay per view draw, one of them is a trilogy fight against the female greatest female fighter ever. The other one is against just some other fighter. Man, well. Bob, do they do her fucking dirty like they do Amanda? If the, if if her if Pena's championship no match on- is the headline of a pay per view, she's fucked. Oh, bro! Now if it's if it's the co to like, you know, in a, another compelling actual championship fight, you know, she might get lucky because the buy rate, you know, if they build an actual card around it, she might be able to do all right. If they blow her out there to, to headline a pay per view by herself with like. Uh, Pennington or something. It's like, yeah, dude, and, and a well, card you know maybe of this stature is like, yeah. You're well, let's back. talk about our options here, Mike. Let's talk about our options because these are the rankings as it stands at bantamweight, women's bantamweight. Um, where are we looking? I lost it for a second. Sorry, buddy. Okay, it's Juliana, Juliana at one. Go ahead. You Sorry, it. you no, it's okay. Go ahead. Uh, Juliana Pena at one. Rocky Pennington at two. Holly Holm three. Ketlin Vieira. The just lost Irene Aldana at five. She's likely to go down. Uh, Yana, no, Yana Santos. Who the hell is Penny Kianzad? I don't remember. I'll be honest with you. Oh. All right. After that, it's, you know, some people. Yeah. Um, and then the other person in the, the other person to think about in this is the recently vanquished strawweight champion. I'm sorry, flawweight champion. Uh, Mark mentioned her, Valentina Shevchenko, who has wins over Pena and Holm. And by win over Pena, I mean she finished her. Took her arm yeah. home with her. Well, I think she tapped. Um, Mike, Rocky Pennington was the was the alternate for this one. She was. What do you want them to do? And go ahead and say whatever you want them to do. Say you want them to, you know... 
Don't be ridiculous. But tell me, tell me what you want them to do, and tell uh, me what you come think. Come on, man. You can't say what do I want them to do. Okay, fine. Be ridiculous. It's fine. Ridiculous. Oh, Mark will be grounded in reality. But tell me what uh, what you want them to do, and what you think they actually do. I want them to make this almost like in WWE, where you need to have a transitional champion, right? So here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want Rocky Pennington versus like someone she actually has a chance of being like. Let's give her like Ketlin Vieira. I was gonna say Juliana Pena. Has a chance of beating Ju Come on. You don't I think hate a chance. I hate I'm not Juliana saying Pena. I'm not saying Juliana's not the favorite. I'm just saying they throw hands for 15 minutes and one of them wins a decision, is what happens in that fight. Okay, but I, I do think that Juliana is the markedly better fighter between the two of them. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying you said it has a chance. Okay. Well, I want her to have a better chance. Let's say, you know, let's give her like Yana, Yana Santos or, uh, you know, uh, or let's say just defeated Arena Donna so that I could have Rocky Pennington as champion, you know, just for one fight, you know, and then, you know, then feed her to the Wolves. Give her, give her Holly Holm. Let Holly, let Holly Holm be champion again. This is all grim options here. So you, that's what you want. What do you think is going to happen? I think it's going to be Juliana versus Holly. Um, I think the UFC for this title, they got to try to make the biggest fight they can. And Juliana and Holly are the two biggest names at 135. I mean, in fairness, I don't think she's, I don't think either one of them. I think maybe Holly. Valentina's a bigger name than Juliana easily. Probably, I'm going to say Holly also at this point. But I'll, I'll say what I want. I want them to do a tournament. I want a four woman mm. tournament. Um, I want you to take. I want them to take the four women: uh, Pena, Pennington, Holm, and Aldana. Vieira's getting skipped over here. Sorry. Those are the four. The winner's the champion. Their first title defense is Valentina Shevchenko. If Valentina Shevchenko beats, because I don't think Valentina. I, th I think if look if Valentina wants it, just give her a title shot. I think she can have a title, each either title, if they want to give. If she wants to fight Alexa, cool. If she wants to go up, do that. But um, I think if she wins against Alexa, send her out there to fight the winner of that tournament, you know, or have her fight. I don't know somebody. I I think that's what I would want. Really, what I think they're gonna do. I think they're gonna book. I think they're gonna do Pena versus Pennington. Though it's I, the only reason I say that is because Rocky was the under was the uh, was the backup fighter. And look, we all talk about, we all know how much we all like Rocky Pennington, but isn't she like basically a 500 fighter? Yes. Like this is not a Mark Hunt 500 fighter either where the internet community has gotten behind her becoming champion, right? Like I'm, it's, it's I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I think. Mark, what do you think? What do you want and what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually kind of thinking along the tournament lines too. I don't think they will. Of course um, not. I, I think that's a, I think that's a fun idea. Um, and it's not like they haven't done that in the past past, but um, I, I think with how the machine works now, it's like they need they need title shots. So I, I do kind of think I think Mike's thing with um, Pena and home does make sense because they're the most recognizable names. They could potentially, you know, again, like I, well, if that fight gets booked, we'll see if that's a code that I mean, that that screen is expensive, I me. think, too. I don't. I mean, relative. I mean, expensive. What does that mean in the stupid but, fucking I mean, sport? To, to but to the like, point where, like, that's why she gets so many title fights too. I think that's what I'm saying. They but, might. They might put her main event some shitty. For there might be a pay per view they punt like this one in terms so, of uh, buyers. Just, just, just by the way, we need to give a bit more respect to Raquel Pennington. Not a 500 fighter. She's 15 and eight. She's won her last five. 
Her last loss was against Holly Holm. And she actually beat Irene Aldana right before that. So mm-hmm. she's been a bit better than 500. In, in, in our mind, there was a stretch where she was Look, in that realm. But she there's no podcast that has been more rock, pro Rocky Pennington than this one. So I apologize <laughs> for that. But Rocky knows. We're cut from the same yeah. cloth. We but, like Rocky but listen, and, and <laughs> I, I agree with you and Valentina. I mean, I think I think Valentina needs to rematch uh, Alexa Grasso, right? I think she wants to get that one back. Do you think she um, needs to and, or think she wants to? I would think the competitive her the competitiveness in her would not want her to just like kind of abandon that belt. Like that is her belt. And I, yeah. I have to imagine like that loss eats at her more than just getting a 135. It's like, okay, I need to reclaim, I need to correct that wrong and make sure everyone knows, like, no, mm-hmm. that was just a Nunez Pena slip, you know. We all get caught slipping every now and then. I'm going to correct that wrong. I'm going to demolish Alexa in my next fight. And then I'm going to go up and be double champ. And then I'm going to start carving out, you know, already another woman who has a fantastic legacy. My own legacy of defending two divisions because I do think Valentina has the skill set and ability to do so. Mm -hmm. And is in that kind of physical mentality where I think she could do both weight classes and and defend both belts, especially because, you know, we're talking about 135. That division hasn't had a influx of a lot of, like, new rich talent. Is there any woman like at 135 pounds you would pick over Valentina Shevchenko, no, honestly? not really. No, yeah. honestly not. So That's why I think yeah. she might think about it. There's, like, literally, if there was a chance for them to just give it to her. I guess she could have had it a whole... I mean, I mean, the person who was there... I mean, the only reason Valentina Shevchenko probably went down to 125 is that she couldn't beat... Amanda right. Nunes. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, just not to get on my soapbox entirely, but that scene at the end of the night, Mike, with like uh, Amanda and Nina and their baby Reagan, Ray, baby Reagan's dancing in the uh, in the octagon and stuff. If you got a problem with any of that, man, you got to like rethink like your life. Like, it's nothing. I mean, that was a very beautiful moment. I mean, there's a lot of people I'm sure that were seething. You know what I mean? People gotta stop being haters. And by the way, this woman retires. And uh, Mike, what month is it? Pride month. Just saying, this woman retired. They didn't. Am I supposed to respect them for not exploiting it? Honest question, guys. Like, because that's where I'm at now. Because <laughs> I don't understand this company who will sell anything to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, one last time, Bobby. Since she's retiring, tell us what the ULC should have done with their openly gay champion. Before, before that, this what we turns out this woman was a piece of shit, not the champion, the whole TV host. Fuck, wasn't she on Ellen? Why wasn't she on Ellen with Nina? I don't know if the Ellen went away before the before baby Reagan existed. Uh, I never like. Yes, I, I don't know who's in was. charge of this for the UFC, but I just. Because I saw him, and not like Amanda's not, Amanda's this person, man. Amanda was like Grand Marshal of the Gay Pride Parade in like Coconut Creek, Florida, okay, a couple years ago. Not like she's about, she's against being, you know, a role model for this stuff. Just saying. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Mark, you were saying how happy you were for her, man. That's what I thought at the end of the night, too. I'm like, well, what a nice, like, oh, a beautiful way yeah. for things to go out. But then, you know, mm-hmm. she was scared of fighting Juliana. That's why she retired. Yeah. That's just her not reading the room. I mean, that's just that's just Pena overall. Like she's she's that's always just been like, kind of oblivious to like how human interaction. Kind of, yeah, like how what her perception either oblivious or just doesn't care. You know, and, and, and if she just doesn't care, it's like whatever. You know, say what you got to say. Try to sell yourself. It's like you're not reading the room. Let Amanda have this because 
for me, it's like at the end of the day, it it does suck for Pena. Like this was going to, you know, her, the trilogy fight was going to be a big fight for her. She was going to get a big paycheck. I can understand why it's disappointing that, you know, she got injured and then she's not going to have that opportunity. But like you will forever be the last person to beat the greatest woman's fighter of all time. That's a nice fucking feather to have in your cap. And it wouldn't have been a little classy to be like, you know what? I know we had our beef. But like we fought it out in the cage, we're one one. We'll, she could have played it off a million well, I mean, ways. Amanda to make also was taking better. pot shots during the week too. Of like, I would have retired sooner, but I don't want Juliana Pena being champion. Right. <laughs> I mean, there was a little heat there, which I didn't. I didn't. Did, it, did Mike? Did Irene Aldana take an ass beating because of this woman's just powered by spite? <laughs> Is that what happened here? <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, she did say she says I don't think Juliana Pena is going to be champion again. Which I don't know. I don't know. Like it's weird. Like it's just none of these women. It's a weird, bad way of putting it like this, Mike, and I don't mean it exactly like this, but like not worthy of being the champ. I don't know how to, like, it doesn't even sound right, but like she like, she beat all these women. That's the thing. Like she beat all of them and it's just, anyway, we'll see. Yeah, um, but you know, like that's, that's how it is when, um, when you've had a dominant chat, the people look less than, um, it takes it takes that dominant force not being there anymore for you to really appreciate the some of the fighters that are in that division. Yeah, we're going to get a bit of a transition as we do always with a long-term champion, and we'll settle in there. Um, but yeah, I think Juliana, by the way, Mike, she needs to make sure she's not Matt Sarah. And not that that's the worst thing in the world to be. Matt Sarah's beloved. Granted, Juliana isn't. No, right? He's but like, Matt Sarah fought GSP again. After she beat him, got his ass whooped. Just got his ass whooped as bad. Maybe not as bad as Juliana. I guess Juliana didn't get finished. Matt got his ass whooped, though. And then he's just the last guy to beat GSP. GSP didn't lose again, right, Mark? That was it. He's the last guy to beat GSP. Yeah. 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 Um, Amanda, won, Amanda she, uh, Juliana beat the greatest female fighter ever. Right now, the biggest, uh, If but she can go out there and carve a legacy for herself that doesn't make it look like it's the biggest, like, Fluke. Fluke isn't sure. the right word. You got what I'm saying? But like people like the b- biggest upset ever is GSP losing to Matt Sarah to me. Like right. the female I, I version will, of that is this unless she goes and does something with it. I will say in the field that she's in, I give her a much better chance at reclaiming that belt than Matt fucking Sarah did. Oh, yeah, poor Matt Sarah. It no was chance. a miracle. I yeah. mean, look, at he got the title shot because he was on a reality TV show of, of washed up MMA fighters. Right. And hey, he made the most of it. He got that crack and he he, he nailed it, you know, but like. There wasn't, I mean, when he won that fight, it was like, yeah, this isn't going to last. Like, even if he doesn't fight GSP again, Matt Hughes is going to run him over. There's, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Juliana Pena got a title shot off a one fight winning streak, too. Like, it's just, you got to, you got you, but she's got to now do something. She's got, I'm just saying, she's an 11 fight fighter. Matt Sarah was what, 11 and seven when it's all said and done? 12 and seven, some shit like that? Yeah. I'm not saying she's, I'm not saying she's going to be that person. I'm just saying her, she needs to not focus on Amanda. And it is sure. her responsibility now to get that belt again. She needs to get yeah. that belt back to solidify. Because she didn't just lose. She got her ass whooped, like, the second one. Yeah, yeah, it was a beating. It was so much so that no one gave up. Remember when they booked this third fight? It wasn't just us saying, like, yo, fuck this fight. Like, people were thrilled Irene Aldana took her spot. You know, in retrospect, yeah. not a reason to be. But we'll see what happens in this weight class. Uh, Mike, Charles Oliveira's God in Canada. I mean... 
just God in Canada. What was had, that? How did you know that? <laughs> had he had like some crazy fights? He over was there? 0 because... 4 in Canada. Jesus. I specifically bet. I, mean, I know I picked Benil on the fight, but I bet on Benil because I'm like, Charles can't win in Canada. He's 0 4 in Canada. <laughs> like, he doesn't win. Like, it doesn't go well up there for him. That was, I mean, what did you think of him? What, I mean, what do you think of his reception? I guess his, you know, him deciding to just let me just try this shit out and win this fight right now <laughs> strategy. <laughs> His uh his reception was was surprising uh to say the least. There were what six other there was six other <laughs> there were six Canadians five Canadians there were five Canadians. I thought it was five. Um, I'm, I apologize if I'm wrong here, but I thought they went five and zero oh was the thing. I think Mike Malat made them go six and zero, oh. six five whichever. It, there were a lot of Canadians on this card, and no one got a bigger reception than. Charles Oliveira, Brazilian Charles Oliveira. Uh, in terms of the fight, um, I think he started off just a little slow, and then he just turned it on and, you know, took care of business. Yeah, I mean, Benil got Benil was on Benil on top of him was what Benil wanted. Like Benil was perfectly. Yeah. A lot of people did not does not do not think and still do not think Charles Oliveira is a better grappler than Benil Dariush. Charles is a hell of a finisher. In MMA, but in terms of just straight jujitsu grappling and stuff, Benil's thought very highly of. Uh, Marcus, Charles just like got up and just said, okay, I'm done here. I'm just going to just do this, I guess. Because well, it was, I, I mean, don't know. It was, it was weird that he pulled guard, you know. Yeah. It was it was one of these things where it's like fire versus fire. Like why potentially put yourself in a position where you're going to have the least amount of success um, and, and Darush is going to be in his strongest position, right, where he's on top, you know. In the guards, not the worst place for Charles to be if he's going to be on his back, right? And he and he asserted himself fairly well there. But it's like, you know, I think DC at this point, you know, did make an a, astute comment that like it, it is extremely hard to win around off your back. Like you have to not only be using effective elbows and doing damage, but also like getting near submissions. And Charles tried to. I mean, also we, locks, we all saw him just get finished off his back, like. Four months ago, yeah. or five months, whatever it was, eight months ago. I don't remember, but but ultimately, you know, Charles was able to scramble and get back up, and then that's where he put the magic on. And it's really like Oliveira has gotten so good. It's all about spacing and timing. He's just he's able to get right in the places he needs to for his strikes to land with a maximum efficiency. He cracked him with the head kick. Darush had a hand up, you know, defended it to some extent, but the damage was still there. He followed up with a nice right straight, and you know. Darush tried to to scramble to get him on the ground, but you know at that point when you're that hurt and you're you're grappling with someone like Charles, who's very astute in those scrambles, especially when the guy's hurt and is kind of desperately trying to take you down, was able to get on top and just you know smash the pound button and, and got it done. So it was a big win. You know you you kind of feel for Darush. You know he he's really had to work his way up, and that's just that's just Mar Marcus, the nature of this fucking division. Yeah. I like, I was thinking, I was going to say, you transitioned well here unintentionally even, I was going to be like, man, there's nothing I can say, because I've been like watching him do this, and I really do think he did like, he could have given him a title shot. He already, already earned it. Honestly, I thought mm -hmm. so. And like, he finally got this opportunity, and it's like, I remember we talked about it last week, we're like, you know, not that you guys weren't believers that he's like, not great. I'm sure you guys both think he's great, but neither of you really thought, like, I haven't seen him be elite. You know, like this was the fight, right. right? And there's nothing I can say now, or even he can say do now, because are they going to give him another fight like that? Like he's going to go on another run here with like eight wins, and like we're just going to think, well, okay, we don't know. Like still, I do, I do feel like this this level of competition, this step up, should hopefully 
get him in the prestige of these like top five guys. Right. And once you're and hopefully now that he's kind of in this mix, if he can get another win, you know, maybe just honestly one solid win against one of these other top guys, whether it's a Poirier, uh, Gage. He's got to call out the loser of this BMF fight loud and he's not going to call him out, but yeah. he's got to get that or opponent. Who's the guy that Gaethje just fought? There was like the kickboxing guy. I mean, I think he's a little, there's like some Russian cat, right? The spinning, the spinning back kick. Yeah, was it Rafael or something? I don't care. I can't remember. But he, he's in that. Yeah, yeah, Jose. Um, he's he's in that caliber now. I think where he should potentially not. I mean, he shouldn't have to win eight eight more fights to to get where he is. I think he's solidified himself. But honestly, you know, going back to the pick, I th- I know I picked Charles because like this is what he does. Like even in these moments in these fights where like the the pressure's on. It's an extremely difficult fight, a heavy-handed guy with a wrestler, right? He's fought in a lot of wrestlers that, with heavy hands. He's just able to get it done, whether it's Gaethje or Chandler, Darush. Um, you know, he's just able to to find that moment to to land that shot and win the fight. And, that, and that's what I had the most confidence in. And it wasn't, you know, Darush isn't a good fighter. He's proven himself that he has really, I mean, you know, elevated. But it's just like Charles just has that – he has that champion factor. He has that Fedor factor where it's like even when – he makes seemingly kind of silly mistakes or he gets caught or he pulls guard. He's able to correct and then finish the fight. And that's extremely, you know, that that's something that you don't see a lot of fight, fighters able to do. They make a mistake and they they can't overcome it, right? They The other opponent capitalizes on it. They lose the fight. He's able to potentially put himself in hot water and take it out and, and still win the fight. And Islam is the only guy he wasn't able to do that with for a while. And that that's an that's just a, that guy might be at well, an even different level too. You, so. Again, Mark with the unintentional transition work here. Mike, um, yeah, I kind of felt like I was cheating on Charles because I've been picking Charles. I picked Charles over Islam for the love of God. So like I can't pick against the fucking only Iranian dude who's about to win for a tie fight for a title, though. Come on now. Mike, um, Islam and Charles chirping back and forth a bunch afterwards. What do you think, man? Because, like, that fight wasn't all that competitive. But then on the other end of it is if they don't do that fight, are we living in a world where I got to watch Gaethje and Poirier win or get a title fight automatically? Like, do they kind of have to do? People seem to think they have to do Charles. And I'm like, not that I'm not interested. I'm interested in every Charles Oliveira fight. Do we give him after one win? I mean, I guess given how well he did, we give him another shot? I, uh... I enjoyed the, uh, the tweet that Mahachev had mm-hmm. where uh, it was basically, what, three or four seconds yeah. after after the win where he tells him there's levels to this. Yeah, Ali Abdullah just tweeted that, I'm sure, buddy. So let's not give him oh, too much credit. Well, uh, that's what he, he just takes everybody's Twitter account that he's his manager for. He's managing. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry. I'm less impressed. Um, but I'm okay with it. Um, I know he, I know he just lost to to Mahachev and it wasn't that close. But outside of that fight, Charles has been killing everyone over the last few years. Um, you can chalk that up, or at the very least, you can rationalize it as, well, maybe he just had his number that that night. Charles is still one of the top two people in this division, and it might be top two by a country mile next to whoever number three is. He's that good. Mahachev is that good as well. If these two are clearly the one and two in this division, who cares if it's just been one fight since since he since he lost? Let's do it again. 
Yeah, I think that's where they're headed anyway. I mean, I want to see Alex and Islam do it again, but I recognize Alex has got to beat up Yair or beat Yair uh, next month, which is, I think, a closer fight than people are giving Yair credit for, but people are really... Um, we're all really feeling Volk post that Islam fight where for a fight he lost, hmm. it does not feel like in any way he lost. By the way, Marcus, this is a side note. Are you paying attention to the fact that Michael Chandler might about to get fucked royally out of a lot of money because that fight isn't booked, Chandler versus McGregor. And I'm just sitting there thinking they're making a fake title up in, is it the end of July, the BMF title? I think. I don't what do you mean they're making it? Oh, they have it a fake, whatever. There. They have a title. You got Dustin Poirier, who got the history with Connor. You got Justin Gaethje, which if I'm Connor, I mean, that just sounds like fighting a version of Michael Chandler where the guy blocks less. Um, and you can get a belt out of it too. I don't know, man. It feels like, Mark, the longer they go not booking, putting Chandler and McGregor on the books, Connor is just going to fight the winner of this BMF title. And this is like Chandler's going to be left having gone to Vegas to film a reality show for six weeks for no reason. Yeah. That would be that would be shitty. I mean, it, but it's weird they haven't booked it yet. Right? Like, what's the holdup? Right? Usada. Um, I mean, that's, what, that's literally <laughs> what I was going to say, Bob. Is like this dude does need to like. Has he started medicals? Is he getting tested? Just, dude, anybody? Nobody and, thinks it's real. Give him a fucking waiver. Who cares? You did it before. No one I mean, cares anymore. They, the yeah. whole system's like, broken. They, nobody believes. Just don't it. even don't even mention it. Right? Like, who who really has to? Dude, know, do you I believe guess? anybody like, in Dagestan is getting drug tested? Honest question. Yeah, I, like, come I, on, I, man. I'm not trying to post paint an entire country. Like, but like, I saw that. What was that movie? Icarus. About like, dude, you yeah. know how much people are cheating? Like, fuck it. Let Connor. Connor got juiced up to go on. Did that movie? He stayed juiced up. It's fine. Chandler doesn't care. Let's let's just do the fight. But Mark, right. real Mike, like really, like I think Chandler's gonna be. I think I think we all I think we all need to see the writing on the wall here. What's about to happen to Michael Chandler? Like, yeah, I think we're I, headed there. I, I would I would agree with that. Um, look, man, you you, you got to get this shit in. And yes, he can't do anything. Writing as soon as he can. He has no control over this, bro. Like, I hope he what? got something. Like, like if this doesn't happen, I get at least like a two hundred grand, like fucking emergency cut here. <laughs> what was one of the first clips from the Ultimate Fighter? I believe it was Conor McGregor quipping to Michael Chandler, "You'll do what you're told." I mean, that was the only clip I saw. But yeah, I mean, that's but Chandler kind of just nodded his head, like, "Well, yeah, I'm about to make like." Two three million dollars doing uh, fighting you, and it looks like you know you're gonna That's be so tired within three minutes. <laughs> Dude, Connor don't look right, man. Well, let me tell you this: if they're gonna fight, if he's gonna fight mascots, Mark, that mascot hitting him <laughs> with the extra shot like Hendo Bisping. First of all, I'm not gonna entirely blame Connor. They probably nah, told him like, hey, they're gonna have to think with a mascot. You're gonna hit him, yada yada yada. Because I, I guess he's done it in the past. Like other mascots have done this thing. Mm-hmm. Man, I uh, did this guy go to I, this guy went to the hospital. I guess for minor injuries. If I'm him, I make yeah. sure I'm I'm I'm, I'm, fl- I'm I own part of that arena in three weeks. <laughs> Just pointing it out there. Like I I heard a good joke <laughs> on uh, some sports show today <laughs> that said I want this. I want the NBA Finals to go to Game Six, just so that we can have this mascot come out in like a, a neck brace. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out with his lawyer as a press conference beforehand. Um, all right, rest of this card because we've been talking for forty-seven minutes. We're gonna go fast here. Mike Malott, Mike, you got excited about him. Crowd got excited. Mike. Nice win, huh? 
Mike Malott, <coughs> nothing like a hype train. And something that we've talked about before, um, a lot of times what makes a fighter um, is they're coming up and they just have the whole crowd behind them. In this case, it would be they're in whatever hometown or home country they're in. And we got that from Mike Malott. I didn't give two shits about this fight until I just heard that crowd just erupt. And I'm like, oh, this guy must be something something good. My dude came out and to Sum 41 also, repping that Canadian that well, rock music. That as well. <laughs> that was that was um, real nice. Always always a good choice. Uh, but yeah, like he, he he took care of business. I think he got the guy in a in a in a guillotine choke. Um and yeah, he uh, he had one of those I think home um, coming out parties that you know I think Patty the Batty once had um, perhaps Conor McGregor when he, I think he fought in, in in Dublin. Yeah, this was a good night, man. This was a good night for the Canadians. They went what five or six and zero. Oh? I might have messed that up. You might be right, six and zero. Oh. They they put seventeen thousand six hundred people in the building for this. You know, assuming the UFC is to be believed, with nearly a four million dollar gate. So they did better. Uh, I guess they hadn't been in Vancouver in a long time, Mark. That might be some of it. They hadn't been here in a mm-hmm. while. Sure. Um, so, good for them. Uh, Iggy, Landwehr. And then we all kind of saw Landwehr being... Landwehr is just too tough for his own good sometimes, man. He got he got dropped mm-hmm. a couple times in that one. Yeah. You know, it, it was uh, a competitive fight for a lot of it where, you know, Dan was picking his shots, winning the fight, and then would just, like, completely capitalize at the end of the rounds. And just, like, I think he knocked Nate down a couple times had him seriously hurt. Um, yet, you know, you love Nate because he's a tough guy. He really goes out there. He really bites down on the mouthpiece and, and tries to make it a fight. In this fight, he seemed a little hesitant to do so because Dan Ige is such a dangerous striker. He didn't want to overexpose himself and still got caught and hurt. And, you know, I think he might have served himself a little bit better just kind of throwing caution to the wind and kind of going for it because on a technical level, he wasn't there and not pushing the pace and trying to make something happen only allowed Dan Aggie to, to formulate angles and plans and, and land those big shots anyway. So tough loss for him, but in his career, he hasn't really solidified himself as one of these top, top guys. This was a big test for him that he did not, he came up short on. He's going to have to go back to the drawing board and kind of figure out what it's going to take for him to kind of break that kind of top 10 content. I don't know what he was ranked at here, but, um, he looks he like was outside. He I think he was outside. I think outside. He, yeah, his man, like his hands are real low. Like I honestly, I'm not saying they set him up to lose here, but like that really felt like Dan Ige, if he just mind his p's and q's, was going to take care of business in this one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he did. Yep. Yeah, good for him. Um, Ige was 13 going into this, so yeah, on a rocky road too. Right? Yeah, so he needed he needed. It seemed like well, let's get Dan a, a highlight reel maybe, but fucking mm-hmm. Landwehr's tough. Um, nice win for uh, Mark Andre Baralt there over Eric Anders. I like. I think it was it was a closer fight. Also, if you remember, Mark, do you remember this at all? Do either of you remember this? It was a closer no, fight. Er, er, Eric Anders was taking some like he he took some shots in this fight. No, I also but he thought, came back. I think I don't I think, think, think three zero is a bit three zero is a bit. Yeah, I didn't know if he lost every round. I don't think he won, but I thought like every one of those rounds, like, at least the first two, I was like. Eric's doing real well here, man. He's putting up a fight, and he's his wind was good. He didn't felt Eric Anders mm-hmm. runs out of gas a lot. You know, with the way he yeah. gets in these fights, these brawls. Didn't feel like that happened this time. Um, you got to feel for Cliff Cur- uh, Cur- uh, Chris Curtis here, man. Another headbutt. Yep. 
But uh, it was not going great beforehand, necessarily. No, he was losing for sure. So, um, I don't. We didn't pick it on the pod. I talked about this with my girlfriend, where I'm just like, I'm not gonna be able to take credit for this on a podcast because no one's gonna, no one, no one was here when I did. You're the only one here when I'm saying this. But like, Miranda Maverick was a big favorite over Yasmin, uh, Jasmine, Jasa Davicius. Um, I will say her name wrong. And I remember thinking like, this is a unreasonable line for how tough Jasmine is. And Jasmine just, it's not pretty, but she just goes out there and grinds wins. It was a very big win for her. Um, I don't know what uh, Aleman Zahabi did to piss off the UFC to not get a bonus here, winning in a fucking minute. I'm, I wonder if they're still angry at GSP, and it's because he's GSP's coach's brother. But like, he, that deserved a, that deserved a, um, a, a bonus. And uh, Blake Builder really shut the bed. For a guy who's a big favorite. Really shut the bed. Did a lot of like egging the crowd on and acting like he wasn't hurt while he was getting tuned up. Um, nice win for Steven Ursig, Marcus. A very, very short notice yep. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, Diana Belbita and Maria Oliveira uh, went to decision in a fight where the internet was pretty excited about it beforehand. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, UFC's back next week. Vittori versus Cannoneer. Uh, at the apex, because that's definitely what you want to have two top five middleweights um, to be fighting. Definitely the place for that. Trying to get some MMA news, but Reddit is pretty much shut down. Um, but yeah. Uh, we're, we're 53 minutes yeah, in. I don't really, no, honestly, the only news I saw is I saw Volkanovsky make a, uh, uh, a rack of lamb, and it looked really good, <laughs> and I was just like, use an air fryer, and I'm like, fuck, I'm doing the fucking Volkanovsky rack of lamb recipe. There you um, go. That's we got, all you we're need. gonna pick. Um, we're gonna pick Bellator and UFC, and we're gonna talk about the, uh, Bellator first. Okay. It's a, easily a better card. Like, not even a question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's legit. I definitely plan on watching. Mike actually want Mike. You uh, tell the people you wanted to watch. You just you know, I mean, you're gonna still try to, but you're gonna be at the Mets game for at least the first half of this main card. Yeah, most likely, yeah. But uh, they're really. I appreciate them bringing it here. It's a Bellator 297 uh, coming to you. From the Wintrust Arena, which I want to say is in Chicago. It is in Chicago. Yeah. Um, two title fights. Two title fights and a third a contender fight, Mark. It's almost like that is what we're supposed to be doing, no? Like, I thought yeah, that's what I mean, we talk about. Pay-per-view worthy right there. Um, Vadim Nemkov, Yoel Romero. Um, I think Yoel just got a title shot by default, to be honest, because he, got, he like got hurt in the tournament or something. And then he just needed Vadim to fight somebody. Uh, Vadim has got two losses. They haven't happened in about seven years. Um, came back from a no contest with Corey Anderson, a fight that wasn't going great for him. Made some adjustments and then was just beating up Corey Anderson for 25 minutes in the next one. Yoel Romero, since being in Bellator, um, beat Alex Polizzi, who's got no Wikipedia page, then beat a 100-year-old Melvin Manhoff um, back in September. Uh, betting lines for this one, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think Nemkov is a pretty decent favorite. Um, Nemkov is a... I just had Minus 400. Minus 400 favorite for Nemkov. I'm taking Nemkov. I'm down a game or two games now? Two games, right? Uh, two games. Because yeah. I, well, I'm the only going to pick Benil. Yeah, yes. I got... Mm-hmm. I'll take... Uh, I'll take... Uh, Nemkov, as I mentioned. Mike, who do you got? I will pick a Nemkov as well. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, that's a sweep. Uh, I like Romero. He's got a lot of power, but like... He could crack him. 
You know, hell, yeah. considering, you I know mean, what, Corey had a lot of success taking down Nemkov. I just don't know if Romero's capable of this anymore. I don't know if his yeah. hips and age allow him to, <laughs> like... He's like, what, 48 or I don't something think he now? Has, I, mean, I, don't think his hip, I don't think his body allows him to do it. Um, yeah, we'll see. Co-main event for the Bellator Bantamweight Championship. The man himself, uh, Sergio Pettis. Um... Sergio Pettis, I th- um, by the way, I think the Denver Nuggets just won the NBA championship. They did. Um, man, I had Miami plus four, too. Fuck me. They lost by five? <laughs> God damn. Yeah, yeah they did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good for them, man. Good for my, good for Denver. Win something. Um, okay, Sergio Pettis, Bantamweight champion of the world, defeated Juan Archuleta, and then knocked out Horaguchi with a sick spinning back fist. Has not fought since that fight. Got hurt. And did not fight in the tournament. Uh, interim champion was crowned in Patchy Mix. Patchy Mix going to have to chill out for a couple months, though. In fairness, he just won it. While Patricio Pitbull, the former bantamweight, and does he have any belts right now? I don't. He's still the featherweight does. champion somehow. Oh, there we go. Is this this is the right one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he beat AJ and then he defended it. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's going for the bantamweight title. Um, he's going to try to be the first man in modern MMA or probably ever in MMA in any major organization to win three weight classes championships. And I don't care what you think of Bellator. They're be- this is a, this is the 135 pound weight class. This is a legit weight class, man. This is a serious weight class with serious contenders. Um, I think I had it in front of me now with Sergio coming in here as the favorite. Sergio's coming in as the underdog. I only got one line from one betting site. So. You know, doing what we can I, here. I couldn't find it from like some legitimate ones, so I have it from points bet. So they don't come normally come on to Bellator ones on my side, at least don't show up till like Thursday or Friday a lot of times. Um I see Sergio as plus one sixty three and Ferrer at um minus two twenty five. What do you see, Mike? I've got him at plus one eighty, uh to minus two thirty. Okay. I I, you, you, people, long-time listeners of the podcast know how many times I picked Sergio Pettis to win fights. Did it a bunch. Um, I just, and I, he's younger. Pitbull's seen him lose, seen him lose. But it's the greatest fighter in Bellator history going for trying to make yet more history, guys. And um, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. Um, I'm, by the way, I do have odds for it. I got minus 220 plus 165. Um, but I got, I got Pitbull getting this done here. Mike? I've got history happening as well. Marcus? Same. It'll be interesting to see at 135. It's, it's a big cut. We'll see how he performs. And I think Sergio, I think that Horaguchi fight probably gives him a lot of confidence going into this one, but it's hard to pick against Pitbull. So, you know, know, uh, Sergio has always been not, not the finisher that his brother is, but he's definitely been like accurate. The way his brother has been, mm-hmm. and you know, you've uh, w- w- what did uh didn't McKee put uh, put Pitbull down? Pitbull got a little bit wild. Pitbull can get wild for being as good as a fighter he is. Sergio can manage his spots. He can actually, I think he has a decent chance here of keeping his belt. Last one we're picking: Corey Anderson, Phil Davis. Uh, Corey Anderson. Um, last fight he lost a rematch to Nemkov where it appears he made zero adjustments while Nemkov made all the adjustments in that second fight. Uh, Phil Davis, on the other hand, um, two straight wins against Romero and Julius Anglicus. Um, I'm going to bet 
any amount of money Mike thinks is right on this fight going to decision, by the way. Um, <laughs> Mike, um, you're going to notice I'm not picking this one first. What do you got here? <laughs> oh, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Beeson 25-8, Corey Anderson. I don't think that's his nickname anymore. I got the same thing, man. I just – Bill Bill Davis is as old as me. Yeah, he is. Okay, he is. He's as old as us. Um, I just don't think he has it. I don't think he's had it for a minute now. Mark? Yeah, same reason. It's the age. Um, you know, at some point the, the wheels have to come off. And but again, like, and you don't even want to look at this card and be like, oh, we're all picking the same people. It's not going to be competitive. All I think three of these, these are fights. all yeah are very close fights. But there, there's just little things to hedge you in one direction over the other. And I think the age with Phil Davis is definitely one of them. So yeah, I got to go with Corey. Um, it's unfortunate. By the way, we're going to the UFC card here. It's unfortunate uh, that this is at the Apex because um, we got a pretty we got a pretty serious main event here. Um, we got, did the fight get canceled just now? Did something happen that the betting line disappeared off a gambling site for Vittori? Okay, Mike, see if it got canceled. We're doing Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. Um, currently two top, I think they're both still top five, if I'm not mistaken. Let me confirm that. Vittori is number three. Cannoneers number four. Again, we're doing this in front of no people. Make it make sense, Mark. Make it make sense. Why they're doing it? In front of, in front of zero people. They got contracts, baby. We got obligations to fill um, was and it, bodies to fill them. Was it the last fight with Vittori against Delice where it did not look – he didn't – he did not He did not perform all that great. Am I, am I mistaken where we, a lot of people thought Delice – I'm trying to remember. I think, I think that's accurate. Um, yeah. I mean for this fight – I do think another fight that's like competitive on paper. I think I, I do like Marvin in this fight because it's five rounds, even though Cannonier just went five rounds with Strickland and, and did and asserted himself really well. I kind of like the optics that Marvin hasn't been stopped. And that's kind of how Cannonier gets it done. Like Cannonier can get some decisions he has in, in the past, but he really does kind of go for broken. He has the heavy hands. He usually finishes the fight. And I kind of think Marvin's going to be there, is going to be defensively sound, and maybe could tire him up with his wrestling and stuff. So I, I give a slight edge to, to Marvin. But I think, you know, a competitive, interesting fight overall. Mike, do you think that Jared Cannonier's crystals are going to get enough sunlight for him to get the window here, to win here this weekend? Um, I was busy looking to see if anything had happened with Vittorio. Who did you pick, Mark? I, I picked uh, Marvin. You picked Marvin? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go on the other side with this one because uh, basically we've all picked the same exact uh, ones before. So uh, I, like I, I think Kananir is a, uh, a live dog. And, oh, wait, he's not a dog. He's the favorite in this one. Yeah. Um, I think is it a pick uh, It is, but mainly because we need Chalk to pick a side on each one. Um, he is a slight favorite on one sports book, so I just made him the favorite. Um, I think with Cannoneer's power, um, he could very well end this fight in the first round. Um, although I think Vittori most likely will probably grind out a, a victory in this one. But for the sake of uh, us picking different shit, I'll go with Jared. I got Jared also. I don't think it's more than that, man. I think he, I think that I think he fought a, another finish. I thought, I thought, he, I did not think he won that last fight. I'm remembering now. It was a real close fight. I thought Roman Delice really put it on him, and I think that people know. There's a lot of there's a lot of film 
on Marvin Vittori now. And I think, I don't know, Jared Kinnear does some, Kinnear does some dumb shit too. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mark's going to just pick up a game on both of us. Oh, pick up a game on you and I'm going to get farther behind him. But I, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to join you, Mike, and join and do Kinnear here. Tell me I'm justified. All right, half the people thought Vittori won the last fight. I'm remembering this correctly, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I got Kinnear. Um, rest of his UFC cards a little ho-hum. Just, just putting that out there. And some news I saw, Islam Makachev says that the BMF title fight, it says that belt is for bums. Which uh, I like that. I enjoy that. Way to help them. <laughs> he's, not, he's not wrong. Really. They're gonna put another they're gonna put another belt on another guy in his weight class. Of course he's gonna be actually I don't yeah. know if they're fighting at 170. Who gives a shit? Um All right, uh let's do stuff we like. And then uh Oh, uh are we not picking Joaquin Silva and Armin Sarekian? No, I forgot. Sarakian's like a minus a thousand favorite. I don't know what they're so doing no. here. Okay. No, we are picking it. I got Sarakian. Yeah, let, let, let's let's boost the let's stats. Pad, a bit. We're padding the numbers. Right yeah, it's a coming. First of all, it's a top. Mike it's like a top him. seven ranked motherfucker. What are we supposed to do? Like, he is, he seriously is ranked like something like that. What, what is Armin at? He's number eight. He should be right yeah. behind Gamera. Yeah. We're goosing the numbers. We're patting the stats. We got let's let's, let's get an easy one here, man. We got our pick Vittori and fucking. I feel Vittori. Mark, you remember? Yeah. Good point, man. A lot of those Bellator we, fights, we could be wrong. We like, might, yeah, we might botch a lot here. So we'll this get, might we'll be a two and three week, really. And this easy, is going to be the one we lose. This, Ar Armin's going to lose. Oh my god! Blow it let me tell you, if, if you know, Mike, you got ten bucks, you never want to see again. You throw that on Silva by finish. You know, <laughs> turn that into like hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> Just saying. Um, all right, stuff we like. Um, Mike, why don't you lead us off? Ooh, uh, man, I don't have too much this week. To 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 be honest, um, I thought I saw a movie, but I can't remember if I what movie I saw. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, uh, I have not watched Spider Man yet. Okay. Yo, did you, did you did you did you see Fast X yet? Learn about family. I, I haven't seen Fast X. Me neither, man. Let me tell you, I'm disappointed. No, you guys are dropping it. You know. Dude, let me tell you, without Paul Walker, not that they're bad. Okay, they're all bad. But like, not that they're, they're just less fun for me without Paul Walker. That's what I noticed well, in the last couple. It's not a stuff I like this week, but I will give a shout out. Um, as I may have mentioned over the last few months, I have gotten back into playing Dungeons & Dragons with my girlfriend, friend, and, and his wife. And um, I guess something of note, um, I killed a player character this past weekend. Yeah. Damn. No. Um, I didn't mean to. Um, you know, no DM is ever trying to do that. But, you know, she failed three death saving throws. And, you know, that's all she wrote. So yeah. now they're on a side quest to, for, to resurrect her. Nice. I killed Christine's character. <laughs> we never played that campaign again. <laughs> <laughs> That is oh, that's God. a bold choice, bro. That's a, a hard decision. No, <laughs> need it to be done or what? <laughs> no, just ha it's all di as the DM. You want to make it challenging, but you know you ultimately don't want to like kill the character. But there has to be stakes, and, and you know the dice the dice decide. And I, 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 you know, as the DM, you try not to influence their decisions. But here's what I'll say. The session before, they had fought four orcs, and that same character had almost died, right? Fighting four mm -hmm. orcs. They were going and in a cave. They scouted the cave. There were 
seven orcs and an <laughs> ogre, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, what was their what was their genius plan? <laughs> the thief and the fucking warlock were gonna stealth in, leaving the ranger outside. The ranger and the cleric outside. So. I, in an incredulous voice, just go, so let me just get your plan straight here. You're, you're separating the team, and the warlock is going to stealth in. Yeah. Okay. And the All healer's right. gone. And the healer's and they, gone. And so. no healer. So, because of that, and sure enough, they try stealthing in, the warlock, Shits the bed, rolls like a four. The rogue, the one who ended up dying, she's trying to climb down the chimney chute. She rolls like a four, like a three. She falls face plants onto a tent right where all the orcs are. They had to fight by themselves for about three rounds. And that was all she wrote for that poor rogue. Yeah, it happens. It happens. That was, I did not understand a lot of that. But I've only played Dungeons. <laughs> I've honestly, in fairness, I enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons the one time I, I played with Mark. It just didn't happen again. I think I was a dwarf. Does that sound like, a, like accurate? I think so. Yeah, I think you were a fighter dwarf. Yeah. Which I felt was a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure if I got to choose that or just Mark looked at me and said dwarf. <laughs> a little fucking harsh. In retrospect, I was really bullied. I thought this we, was an inclusive we, community. You know, <laughs> but, you really uh, had so many characters you could play as. <laughs> oh yeah, I was getting Bobby the fucking dwarf. He's short. He'll deal with it. Fuck it. Um, I don't think I. I watched a lot of. I, honestly, I watched this fight, this fight card, a lot of it over the weekend. Uh, I was watching the movie. I was watching the show Mom again on Hulu. That ended. I need something to watch. <laughs> I think I gotta start watching Succession or something, man. Mm-hmm. I normally yeah. that's normally what I do when like a show ends. Like it's like I did though. I didn't want to jump in the middle of you know just give yeah, it a couple months, maybe a month normally, or maybe I'll finish Barry. I need something to watch or uh, play. Though I got like fifteen games. I should play one of them. Um, yeah, I don't got a lot. Mark, I hope you got something. Yeah, I got a handful, but I won't drag it on because we're running a little late. Um, I mentioned last week, uh, this past week was Summer's Game Fest actually started up. This is kind of taking place of E3. There's a big conference with Jeff Keighley. Um, and that conference itself was all right. It wasn't fantastic. Um, they showed some gameplay of Mortal Kombat 1, which I thought looked really good. They, sh- they showed a new trailer of uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is you know the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I thought looked really interesting, and they kind of show more of the open world. That looked fun. Um, outside of that, that press conference was was fine. It, you know, it wasn't boring me to tears or anything, but it didn't get me like super excited. There wasn't a ton of other standout things that I could think of. However, this past Sunday, Microsoft had its press conference, and then after that, they had a a mini direct for Bethesda's next game called Starfield. And honestly, like Microsoft conferences have kind of been all over the place. I think they do a good job presenting a lot of the games, but in the past they've been very guilty of just showing CG trailers. There was no real gameplay. Um, And then some of those projects get canceled. So sometimes it's hard to get excited knowing like the things I'm seeing might might not actually come to fruition. Sometimes their conferences haven't been all that great. This conference was fucking fantastic. They really nailed it out of the park. And I think this was a big boon for them because Sony had theirs a couple weeks ago. And I wouldn't say they like shit the bed, but it was, I think a lot of people felt it was underwhelming. And Microsoft came out here 
and showed a lot of their first-party studios, which they've been buying a bunch of them over the last couple of years, what they're working on. They showed the new Fable, which I think looked really good. They showed a lot of new IPs. And then they showed a lot of games that probably aren't exclusive to uh, Xbox, that but are going to be on Game Pass day one, which that in and of itself is appealing. Um, they showed a lot of Persona games, a lot of games from Japan. It was It was a fairly diverse showcase of interesting software. And then they capped it off with Starfield. And the last time Bethesda showed Starfield, personally, I didn't think it showed that great. I don't think a lot of the community was super wowed with it. This was much better. This game, personally, I think looks very intriguing, very interesting. They're doing a lot of things. I mean, you can look at it and kind of see the 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 works of, of, of a Bethesda game, like a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls but kind of given on a, a sci-fi scale, on a, a galactic scale, where you're going to, you know, they said they have over a thousand planets. Now, a lot of these planets probably aren't going to have a ton to do besides getting research management. Um, but it kind of reminded me of like a more polished, interesting, uh, narrative-driven No Man's Sky and visually looked really good. And, and to, to be honest, for a while, for me personally, the only Xbox I ever had was a 360. And when I got it, it was the cheaper next-gen system you know but uh it came out before the ps3 it had a lot of good software um but ultimately i did go back to a ps3 and i probably spent and played more games on my ps3 than my 360 although i did like that ecosystem and that it did have a lot of good games i haven't really been tempted to go back to get another xbox or even really invest in doing pc gaming this conference really kind of changed my mind like I, i think starfield looks good enough that i want to try it um, and getting a Series X might be, you know, the decision I go with. Well, if you go um, PC, getting- don't you need it to have way too good? A sp- I mean, you're gonna have to spend money, right, to get to run that game on the It'll PC? No. Be, yeah. I mean, it, it, well, the thing with PC for me is, I every now and then I'll get a new PC and I'll get a nice graphics card and I get all into it and I, you know, I get my Steam account, I buy up all the Steam Summer Stale, and then it just kind of fizzles out because. I just don't feel I've ever transitioned to comfortably relying on playing on PC. I've always separated the computer is for work related things and the TV in the living room is for games and the two never really kind of co-mingle quite like that. So I'm leaning more Xbox um, and it is just kind of, um, you know, an easier kind of step. It's like I just buy this one thing I don't have to worry about because I think there's a lot of frustration when it comes to playing on PC for me where it's like, okay, here's the minimum specs. What the fuck are my specs? How do they compare to these? Is my graphics card, is it way better than the one they're they're recommending? Or is it just slightly, and I got to do all these charts. And then sometimes, you know, I've downloaded games and they don't run, they have an error. And I have to kind of like go on forms, figure out what the file's wrong, update drivers. There can potentially be a lot of hurdles when you're playing on PC. And I think I've heard that like that's gotten significantly easier since the last time I've really gone into there. But like for me, Console gaming has just always been more appealing, um, and I just it, I always find it frustrating when like something doesn't work, and it's like oh, man, I got to spend this for I just bought the game, I just want to play the game, um, so that appeals to me a little bit more. And with Xbox, you know, I still feel like I'm more invested in first party Sony products. But what I like about Xbox is the Game Pass, right? Like if if I do end up getting a Series X, I'm going to get that, get a year subscription of Game Pass, and then play all these games when they come out and that's probably going to be it. I don't know how many games I'll actually be purchasing. And I think that's kind of their appeal is they want you just to get on the subscription service, you know, forget about buying these games piecemeal, 
pay us our, you know, 60 bucks a year or 120 bucks a year and That's play it? all the games you want. I don't know how much it is, to be honest. It's probably even more than that. Like, I don't know if it's 20 bucks. I was going to say, if it's that whatever. much, we should all, we're all just fucking around here. We should all just go do that. That's, but it, I mean, it's, it's a great deal and there's lots of great titles and, you know, all their first party stuff's on there. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm headed. Um, and Starfield comes out in about three months. So we'll see ultimately, you know, it, there was a lot of hype. I mean, mostly I'm just really impressed. Um, for a long time, Microsoft's been buying these studios, and personally, it's always been like, eh, you know, I like Bethesda games, but I'm not, like, crazy about them. They have not really put a foot forward where it's like, oh, now I'm actually, like, interested in buying your console. It's taken them years to get to this point, but, like, that showcase was really impressive. Um, and then Ubisoft showed some stuff today, um, and they are actually announced a new star open-world action-adventure Star Wars game called uh, Star Wars Outlaws. Um, and it looks a little too good to be true. Um, Ubisoft is in the past has shown some gameplay, early gameplay trailers of games that look a little bit better than they actually turn out to be. When you look at like the, the first Watchdog trailer and The Division, those were two games that, you know, when they showed them, they looked, you know, unworldly. And then when they came out, they weren't quite up to that standard. We'll see if Star Wars Outlaws falls into that as well but what i saw today in this 10 minute clip was like really impressive and looked really cool something i want from a star wars game how, how um, far yeah, so how all... far are we from the next generation mm-hmm. are these already i see articles oh. here and then we're on playstation 6 people trademark this mm-hmm. is gonna have this thing or that because it's like at uh, what point do you have the conversation with yourself like okay the next one i'll jump in on uh i mean i don't think a full next generation anytime soon but upgrades they're talking about like they they talked about a ps5 like slim or a PS5 Pro, because that's what they did last generation, is they had Mm -hmm. a mid-generation, like, oh, well, here's this new box. It's going to be slightly better. I don't think we're looking at a next generation for at least, you know, another three, four years, I would would imagine. Um, But we'll see, you know. Um, But we'll see, you know, ultimately, we'll see. I was just, I was really impressed with um, Microsoft and what they showed, and, and it's been a long time since that happened. But, you know, that's looking to the future, I got a little thing that's kind of just playing old retro games um, on my YouTube feed. I started getting every now and then I'll get like these reviews for these emulation, little emulation machines. A lot of them come out of China. I think a lot of them are fairly low quality and aren't that great. But I kept hearing about this one called uh, Mio Mini Plus. I got right here. Ooh, I can show you guys. Whoop. And uh, I kept hearing about this bad boy and it's pretty, ch- I think like it's like 65 70 bucks it's like the size of like a small game boy it can emulate everything from ps1 back so it can do arcade games and nintendo super nintendo game boys game gears neo geo stuff like that um and it's just a really cool fucking device um you know i haven't really messed with a lot of these handheld emulated emulation devices before this seemed like a really good entry point for those kind of older games and you know i got it on saturday i've been playing all kinds of stuff on it um and super enjoying it It, it's really been kind of a nice change of pace where you know and and what's really cool is like there's a a couple systems i never had that there was games on that i really wanted to play especially the uh, sega cd there's a lunar silver story um, which i always wanted to try out and then hito hito kojima made this game snatcher that only came out on the Sega CD and I've always wanted to play that. And it's on this thing, um, is, you know, and then you just, it just uses SD card, you know, it uses, is it, uh, is it running Android or Raspberry Pi or do you know? No, it, it, this one runs, uh, Linux. So it's using a Linux system. And then some of the 
more higher end ones. So now that I'm getting this, it's like, oh, well, there's other consoles that are a little bit more stronger that can, you know, play like uh, N64, some GameCube, Dreamcast, Sega Saturn. And that's like, now I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of, uh, I mean, I've been, I just got a Saturn like a month ago. I've been collecting games for that. But having like a handheld Dreamcast and an N64, and then some of them can play P- PS2, all right. Those usually use like Android systems, um, but they're a little bit more expensive around like, like, like this guy is like under 100 bucks. And those are about like 150. Some of them could be two to like three. So they get a little pricier when you're getting, you know, uh, harder chip, you know, more expensive chipsets in there. But like for this uh, MiU Mini Plus, like super thrilled with it. So having a lot of fun with it. Um, I did. I bought it off Etsy off this guy that modded it. So it's running uh, a different operating system than the one it comes with because the stuff it comes with, this does come from China. And like some of the ROMs are screwed up. I think Final Fantasy VII is actually like the Chinese ROM. So, you know, everyone says like, you know, get your own operating system, get Onion OS, and then put your own ROMs on there and stuff. So I just bought someone that already modded it um, and really pleased with it. So, yeah, I've been having a really fun time uh, playing with this. And I'm interested in getting other ones, too. So we'll see. But yeah, that's what I got this week. Um, man, Etsy. I'm going to say it. Big fan. Big fan. Oh, yeah, I've been buying lots of crap off Etsy. Mike, a lot of minis from Etsy. Dude, Etsy is like, Etsy's a dangerous place when you got a, when you're in your thirties with a disposable income and you know no one else to pay for. <laughs> Where all of a sudden you're like, so and so made a giant piece of artwork dedicated to the TV show Doug. Sure, why not? Let me buy that fucking thing. You know, talking from experience. No, I, I go in there and I buy vintage cast iron. That's what I buy on Etsy. I got two of those pans. My cast iron collection. Keep growing, baby. Uh, Marcus, what was the name of the event? The Microsoft event? Uh, it was just a Microsoft press event. I don't really know what they called it, really. Man. It was like a Microsoft something or other. Now we just get every month, or so, every month or so. Somebody has one of these. Uh, Nintendo's got one or Sony's well, got one. or Yeah, I mean, Nintendo does a lot of these directs. Microsoft doesn't. Microsoft doesn't have a lot of these like big. This was basically like what E3 would have been for them um so it was it was it was bigger than your normal thing i mean playstation has these states of play those are the smaller ones the one they just had was a showcase now supposed to be their big their big top dog and it didn't quite have that but like yeah microsoft really they they showed up and they showed a lot of cool stuff so that was cool well all right i think uh i think we're done folks um i'll be back next week we're gonna see uh if pitbull made history man honestly that is, that is the headline this weekend, if you ask me. Is I'm surp- I don't know why he's not the main event either, to be honest, guys. Like, I understand. Like, maybe Bellator just goes with the higher weight class thing, but uh, that is the main event. And then next week, we're all going to just be very excitedly talking about Josh Emmett versus uh, Il- Ilya Tupiria. That is... That could be a show, guys. That can be a show. The rest of that one's a little bit questionable, too, but that fight is so good. We can all talk about that and be excited. Um, until then, it's Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. We'll see y'all next week. Peace out. See you. Next year. Next year is the next time. This yeah. year, we'll give it to the Nuggets. Next year, the next one. I just lost the following bets. Heat in seven. Heat in six. Well, that was already lost. Um... Over five and a half games and 
Warriors win NBA championship. They didn't they didn't say I lost that until today. It was real painful, Mike. Real painful. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, but Ah, uh, it's okay. Alright guys, thanks for listening. Peace out. <laughs>